is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. <sighs> Y'all just gonna have to settle down and start talking, okay? Um, welcome to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jason Rice. And I'm Jack Fisher. And we were trying to take some notes before we start this, but um, that was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it, it, de- it devolved into a podcast which we weren't recording, which uh, should sound familiar to some of us in the studio here. Yeah, nobody at home is going to know what you're talking about because they didn't get a chance to hear what you're talking about. <laughs> so the, the big news in geekdom is still... Um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Has everybody at the table gone to see it? Yes. I'm not even writing spoiler alerts in, in this one. If you haven't seen the movie right now... Yeah, you if sh- you haven't seen yeah. the movie by now, fuck you. Uh, you deserve what you're going to get. Especially if you're listening to this. Um, and it wasn't accidental. Because if you listened to it before, you know damn well what you're getting into. Also, I think it opened in the United States <clears throat> last... True that. Uh, how Just did so how did Europe one in how did world. Europe get the movie before us? I think it's a blatant slap in the face of all Americans everywhere because the studio is owned by a foreign company. The studio is owned by Disney, right? Which is not a foreign company. Just so you know, it's from Disneyland. But they are their own nation. <laughs> they have ambassadors. They have um, They diplomats. have their own nuclear reactor in Florida. Yeah. It's a sovereign nation, so... It's like the Vatican. Exactly. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on your logic. <laughs> but I, I do believe they have a nuclear reactor in Florida. I think uh, most of the major corporations do. So... Age of Ultron is doing well at the box office. Not Harry Potter well. well, It did did not beat Deathly Hollows. No, okay. Well, I mean, it it did... It's only been out for a week. For that opening weekend, it did not beat... It did not break the record set by Deathly Hollows, I think is what... Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, um, Hulk can't smash a little lightning bolt, kid. Yeah? Okay. Because um, his Pestronus is too strong. Well, they made the questionable choice of releasing it before Memorial Day. I mean, isn't Memorial Day traditionally that the summer blockbuster? The summer, the beginning of the summer season. That's and when you release all big blockbusters. This was this was a little early. I think that they wanted to take that ride and extend it by a week or so. So the, they're going to cruise through uh, <clears throat> the number one spot up until like uh, Father's Day, I think. Yeah. So, so they said, um, we don't care if we have the big ejaculation. We want the long, steady yeah. pocketbook. They're looking for the long haul. Yeah. Well, it's Disney. Okay. So the, they have bean counters. Yeah. They have people that are calculating the alt, the optimal release date in order to achieve the most wallet suckage. I believe that would be a truism. Beans. <laughs> There's something wrong with you, boy. 
<laughs> you just can't throw terms like bean counters around. <laughs> you live in California. Bean counter is an acceptable term. <laughs> For now. Well, you know, in Disney parlance, that might actually lead to a uh, a lawsuit against uh, Jack in the giant beanstalk or something. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the, that was a Sony movie. Like, they can't call the ticket takers at Disneyland bean counters. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> Somebody's going to get upset. <laughs> so, we madly stampeded to the box office and willingly gave over our hard-earned income to support Ultron. Well, I was supporting Tony Stark. But if you wanted to support Ultron, that's fine. Oh, I was totally on Ultron's side. Yeah. Uh, fuck the human race. We're, well, we're, yeah, I don't like the humans either. But Yeah, we're, we're screwing the planet. So I, I think Ultron had it right. Uh, let's reset. Um, I kind of like where I live. Um, so I don't see how human beings are contributing to this planet at all. I didn't say we were. <laughs> I am. I don't have a problem. With I that. am all for an extinction level event to wipe <laughs> out human beings, to eradicate the plague which is our existence upon this this planet, and to to let the microbes have another chance. Mm, nah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I I guess I'm a minority in the studio here. Well, eventually another asteroid will come down and spread the zombie virus like it did to the dinosaurs. Yeah. And it'll be Walking Dead all over again. Okay. Dinosaur zombies. Yeah. How cool would that be? Jurassic Park, Day of the Dead. You know those zombies that only last like two, three months tops. Dia de los Jurassic. Oh. Well, can you imagine fast-moving Zombified Velociraptors. They'd be hard to take down. They would. Because they're dodgy little bitches. <laughs> how, how did the raptors um, supplant the Tyrannosaurus Rex? As the I mean, coolest dinosaur? As the coolest dinosaur. Oh, it was called Science? Um, there was a film. I think and it was called Jurassic Park. And... They showed this cool little dinosaur called a Velociraptor. <laughs> so when I was growing up, my favorite my favorite dinosaur was actually the Stegosaurus. Because he had that shield and the big horn. He had the shields and he had the club with the spikes on his tail. And He looked like I a badass that, and he was I a thought vegetarian. That was cool. I thought that was cool. I mean, he could stand toe-to-toe, eat his turnips, and bitch slap a Tyrannosaurus if it came too close. So I am all in favor of the Stegosaurus becoming um, the most cool, popular dinosaur. Well, they have to get real small then. (laughs) (laughs) When did that become an advantage? Being small? Yeah, we're talking about dinosaurs. What, What? A dinosaur is a thunder lizard. Not not a little flighty. I still think sneaky big bastard. 
little arms, bite you in half with one chomp. Tyrannosaurus Rex is one of the coolest bastards on the street. He's definitely pretty damn cool. Uh, I, I'm just I'm questioning all these posers that have adopted the Velociraptor just because. Well, somebody made a movie that made them look cool. The Velociraptor is cool because it hunts, and the way it hunts in a pack is well, very cool. But that's conjecture. That's theory. We've never seen a Velociraptor hunt. We've never seen a Velociraptor move in packs. We have paleontologists, which are people that got questionable degrees in college and are desperately trying to eke out a paycheck. Right, I'm going to get a degree in something that you can't prove. Exactly. I mean, it may as well be an art degree. I'm going to respectfully disagree, (laughs) but that's okay. And which part do you respectfully disagree with? That the paleontologist degree is negligible. As worthless as an art degree. (laughs) I admit, it's obviously founded in science and is therefore infinitely more valuable than an art degree. (laughs) I mean, they're studying fossils. They're studying, um, you know, uh, DNA. They're they're studying real stuff. Not not just, you know, um, this is cool because I threw paint at a canvas. Yeah. But... You still lack that. Um, it, it, it's not like mathematics where I can prove that one plus one equals two. No, there is. Or even disprove that one plus one equals two. Dinosaur bones equal behavior. That's what we're saying with the paleontologist, right? Yeah. Dinosaur bones equal presumed behavior and diet. <laughs> We, and place in in the uh, we have kingdom. a relatively small amount of dinosaur bones, though. I mean, if you gathered all the dinosaur bones that have ever been discovered and put them in one place, you could probably fit them in this garage. I'm exaggerating slightly. You could fill a warehouse or two. Yeah. If if you're looking at the world, you could fill a couple warehouses. Yeah. So. Paleontologists wanted to make themselves look cool, so they came up with this raptor character. I mean, he may as well be Joe Camel smoking a cigarette because... He's just trying to get the kids to... The paleontologists are blowing smoke up your ass. To think that the velociraptors are sexy, cool killers? To To think that the velociraptors are cooler than A, Tyrannosaurus rex, and B, a stegosaurus. I really don't think the Stegosaurus has a fan club like that, Joe. I think you're a fan club of one. (laughs) Jack's also got a Stego fetish site. Look at that horn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The big horn. Bitch gets to have dinosaurs in the belly with that. I'm 
I'm, you know. Need me to polish that horn for you, Mr. Stegosaur? <laughs> There's something wrong with you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the 21st century. Um, we've got Age of Ultron. We've got Ant-Man. We've got Fantastic Four. Uh, what Fantastic is, Four doesn't count. Well, what is this effort collectively known as? What, what is Marvel trying to foist off on us? Well, I know that the Ant-Man movie is going to fit into continuity eventually. So Ant-Man is filling gaps? It's They're going to plug it into the Marvel film universe. Yeah. I don't know about this new Fantastic Four movie. It looks off on its own like the other Fantastic Four movies did. Yeah. Now, the the first, what I think CG and I like to refer to as the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four movies. Because she deserves it. Yeah, because she kind of <laughs> carried the films. She was the, the reason I went to see it. Yeah. This is why I have the first one on Blu-ray. Although they're the Reed Richards, uh, I think everybody like we talked about before. I think the casting of the Fantastic Four team was pretty on the money. Yeah, it's pretty it good. Was definitely. Um, now and, and the new one, I can't say that for. Yeah. No. Yeah. That. I, I think in, in the last podcast, Charles and I uh, ranted uh, extensively about uh, Reed Richards, Doogie Howser. Um, the the teenage yeah. Reed Richards that has no gray hair. Uh, he doesn't have the distinguished gray hair temple, yeah. which Reed Richards is supposed to have from every Fantastic Four comic book that has ever been printed since the 1960s. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak about the big black elephant in the room. Why you know, Sue Storms, white Sue Storms. Little brother, be a black guy. Because in, when did that happen? In the 21st century, we're supposed to be colorblind. We're not supposed to notice whether somebody's skin is black, gray, red, white. When you're supposed to be family, I notice. Yeah, yeah. Who's to say she didn't have a little Nick Fury hiding in the background? Um,. You know, family, how is family defined? Is family defined as uh, the brother that you adopted, the sister that um, your parents brought home when they were drunk, and uh, whatever? Uh, that doesn't bother me so much. Uh, I am I could really care less what color, uh, what color Johnny is. Um, I am much more upset about Doogie Richards. I am really upset about Doogie Richards. This is a man which has, he has multiple PhDs. He has studied the universe. He is an astrophysicist. He is an expert in scientific theory. Well, multiple PhDs, so what? Dr. Reed from Criminal Minds has multiple PhDs. 
you don't have to be old to have multiple PhDs. You just have to be freaking smart. All right, I, I'm I'm going to argue that to be a credible PhD, you not only have to have passed the qualifications for a fly-by-night university to grant you a piece of paper. You have to have completed years of research, which Reed Richards has done. He is not just a papered, credentialed PhD. He has done years of research. He has studied the universe. He has looked God in the eye, grabbed him by the balls, and said, you felt that. He invented the means to get into the negative zone. He invented things which other people have never thought of. And a 17-year-old boy does not have the capability of doing that. So who is Reed Richards? Who is Reed Richards? He's the drummer from Whiplash. (laughs) Exactly. Do you really think a skin pounder... That a musician. (laughs) Yeah, so Reed Richards is played by a little gawky teenager guy from the movie Whiplash. Don't think I saw that one. I, I can even deal with who's playing Sue Richards. Or not Sue Richards, Sue Storm. Kate Morrow. Kate Morrow. I can even overlook... Mara. Kate Mara. M-A-R-A. Yeah, the chick from House of Cards. Yeah, she's the sister to the chick from uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, the original European version no. or the U.S. version? U.S. version. Okay. Um, I've seen both. So you said Dragon Tattoo. I had to ask which one. Um, but you know who the chick from the other one is, and it's... Doesn't look anything like her. All right. When she was an alien, right? Prometheus. Sure. Okay. Wasn't that her? I don't know. Prometheus. <laughs> I saw that, but I, you know, the the sister Ooh. is not standing out in my mind right now. Bueller. So. Bueller. Uh, and the reason why I'm okay with because Kate Sue is Mara? cheesecake, and that's fine. So in the original comic book, Sue was cheesecake. Sue was the eighteen-year-old that Reed was nailing. Yeah, she really in the comic books had to justify herself over time to become the badass. That oh, she now over time, is. over time, Sue has become a total badass. Right? Yeah, she's not just the girlfriend, wife, yeah, love she, interest yeah. anymore. She's, she is no longer the blonde bimbo eye candy. Which probably reflects the comic creators through the decades. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 60s, Mad Men, um, women objectified, uh, lusted after, etc. Um, Sue yeah. was obviously there to uh, drag in the dork comic book readers that never saw a woman. Um, well, they'd seen them, they just didn't talk to them right they didn't interact with them they didn't have meaningful conversations and i think sue was the closest that they ever achieved to having a meaningful conversation with a woman which was written by a man 
It's kind of like there, the, there is nothing gay about that. <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent of uh, people having online relationships with imaginary women that are really men. And then you got to wonder who's got the problem. <laughs> the guy who falls in love with the guy pretending to be a woman. <laughs> or the guy who pretends to be a guy, a woman to get another guy to fall in love with him. No, oh, yeah. One's a dupe, but the other one has really deep problems. There is some emotional scarring that has happened somewhere in there. So... <laughs> We digressed away from Sue becoming a badass and strong, independent person. Yet, I don't think she can like pull off her own comic book. I mean, no one's going to want to watch The Invisible Girl, the comic book, even though it's probably you know the easiest comic book to draw in the world. <laughs> when she uses her powers, she can't see anything. Yay! We can use the same scenes again. Well, Now, Jason, did you partake in any of the free comic book day activities? Not any of the ones recently. Not recently, okay. No. Free Comic Book Day was last weekend. Was last weekend, yeah. Yeah. I have not. They had free comic books. The the main three retailers up here all were participating. You had Battlegrounds, Bases, and Horizons. Yeah. They all three participated. You could have gone and picked up. Uh, at Bases, they were offering two free uh, of the free comic book day titles. Um, it's pretty much like Halloween. Yeah, yeah. For comic you you book go from shop, or treat you for, go from yeah. shop to shop, and you get free books. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been to a, an actual shop for quite some time because oh. I used to drop like a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a week on comics, and so he's saying he bought three. You might say <laughs> that's an addiction. Yeah. Um, so I had to pretty much stop cold turkey. Yeah, that that would be in the neighborhood of six hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely used to do that. Yeah. Right. And I never achieved that level of dedication. Yeah. It it got kind of ridiculous. So I had to put that, a kibosh on. Do you comments. still have those books? Um, I have some of them. Okay. Um. I did sell some, but some of them I still own. Now, Charles still has... Uh, That's about... A, a, a third? A third? Yeah. The The studio is uh, is home to a third of your, your collection. Yes. Now, the other two-thirds, what happened to them? They're in my dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> so I you see. still have them? Yeah. Okay, so you you possess 100% of your collection, which is, uh, I must say, CJ, it's pretty magnificent. Yeah, roughly. I mean, it's smaller than it used to be. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get older. Yeah, stuff shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cold in my collection boxes. So, unfortunately, I have none of the books from my childhood. Um when when I gave up reading and collecting books, my uh, my parents made me sell them all. So, the only connection that I have to 
the books that I read when I was 11 years old is digital and or the occasional physical book that I either pick up in um, the trade paperback collections or uh, on the very rare occasion that I pick up a, uh, um, a vintage comic book. <clears throat> yeah, I I basically replaced my collection with digital copies and have started going digital. Now, CJ, do you, are all your comics are they bagged and boarded? Are they uh, properly yes. preserved? Of course. Okay. So they're they're not just like. Uh, Books uh, stuffed in boxes. Books stuffed in boxes. I like my Playboy collection. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're in magazine boxes, but... Okay. Your Playboy I, I, collection's all sticky, but... There's no point in preserving them. Because <laughs> when, you, when you open up some of the pages, they're just going to rip apart. <laughs> anyway. I really wish that Playboy would, like, use heavier bond and more mm-hmm. gloss on their pages. <laughs> And then it'd be easy to clean off the pages like it is the screen on my iPad. So changing the topic and to continue <laughs> with the Marvel discussion, is Marvel saturating the comic book movie market? Well, they saturate. They're the, saturating the freaking... it, but I don't think they're oversaturating it. <laughs> we'll see in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. The Fantastic Four movie... I don't have high hopes for. I hope it just comes and goes and goes away, and I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, now, are you aware of the existence of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie? There was a Corman Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, you, you know who Roger Corman is? Oh, yes. The, Corman's... The prolific uh, schlock... Corman classics. Corman B classics, B-movies. It, it never Grace has been released. Yeah, well, Roger Corman's actually one of my inspirations for absolutely for I mean, getting into this whole uh, business. He may be associated with B movies, but his B movies made money. Oh yeah, he never lost. He he claims to never have lost a dime on any of his productions. So that Fantastic Four movie, somebody else ate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I suppose you can play fast and loose with uh, definitions. No, um, but I mean, if he got somebody else to invest in it. Yeah. Which, you know, you should in Hollywood. Anyways, Roger Corman, he, he's got books out. and But he's given a lot of legends their start. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the people that have worked with him have gone on to be giants. And these people stood on the shoulders of Roger Corman. So, Ron, little Ronnie Howard got his movie. Yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone started in Corman's films. Yes. Um, Jack Nicholson started with Corman. Uh, I well, th- that's because that was um, Little Shop of Horrors, right? Little Shop of Horrors and The Raven. Oh yeah, that was really excellent. Well, for what ex- it was, yes. it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Cause- <laughs> I mean, you, you could watch that today. You could yeah, totally watch that it's, today. It's amazing. I showed it to my 15-year-old, and he was like, Dad, this is the coolest movie ever. 
And Roger Corman would never waste his time on green screen digital effects. Sure, mm-hmm. he used green screen, but there would not be one one used needlessly. No, yeah. yeah. Somebody would be there counting the dollars to make sure it was worth it. What would that person be called? A bean counter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He would be a financial analyst. There you you go. Um, We'll call them financial analysts or budget engineers or... Oh my God! The political correctness is driving me insane. Uh, too late. So there is a Corman fa- uh, Fantastic Four, which is hidden in a vault somewhere, has never been released, and you haven't even seen it. I have not seen it. CG claims to have seen it. To have an nth generation copy with a shaky screen because the tracking on the the VHS dub was bad. And it's painful to watch. Oh, so very painful. <clears throat> but so it's better than the new movie. What I'm thinking is that well, it doesn't have Jessica Alba in it. He needs to wait. No, the new movie Probably. until <laughs> a week or two after the new movie is released, and then strike while the iron is hot. I mean, this turkey has been sitting in a vault in Hollywood for years. If he didn't do it with the Jessica Alba movies, he's not going to do it now. But the Jessica Alba movies were arguably not horrific. And we can tell from the previews that this is going to be something which makes Fantastic Four fans gouge their eyes out. Okay. Seriously, I'm, did not do it with Rise of the Silver Surfer. He's not going to do it now. Okay, all right. I liked Rise of the Silver Surfer. I didn't say it went with continuity. I just Space Cloud. It was a fun movie. You, you should consider leaving. <laughs> it was a Space Cloud. CJ and I are firmly united <laughs> on this. Space cloud. Galactus is not a pink cloud. No, he's not. I didn't figure. I couldn't figure out what they were doing with that. But I thought the movie was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't figure it out either. Mm-hmm. You know, there are several movies that don't have a good end. Apocalypse Now doesn't have a good ending. We're not but ta- it's an amazing film. We're not talking about a good Fantastic ending. Fantastic Four doesn't have a good ending. We're talking about the but it's de- an okay film. We're talking about the depiction of Galactus, which only happened at the end. Are you telling me <laughs> that they couldn't spring for some mind-blowing representation of the artwork which already existed? They couldn't figure out how to make. A, a real big guy. A world-devouring alien, which was about to descend on the planet Earth and swallow it like the hors d'oeuvre that it was? They couldn't figure out how to make a guy that big. I would have rather have seen the cornucopia feasible. of death from the original Star Trek series devour the planet than a pink cloud. 
I'm sorry to hear that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the chances about actually talking about your production during this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, last podcast you threatened to put up some schematics for your... Uh, rotating scenery delivery system. Yes, yes, I did. Did did you accomplish this? Maybe. <laughs> you had an assignment. He's quickly doing it as fast as possible <laughs> right now. Are you posting during the podcast? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> So, the the scenery delivery system, or um, we could call it the uh, SDS scenery delivery system. Um, you uh, you put up some drawings of that onto the website, and this was intended to allow you to convey the feeling of motion of the main character in a studio which was uh, 10 by 12? Uh, 12 by 20. 12 by 20, okay. We're going to get about 12 feet this way, and it's 20 feet across. Yeah. So the, uh, the scenery delivery system. Yes. The turntables. The turntables. Yeah, I, I posted the um, the sketch up on uh, the Bunny Rabbit Tragedies blog. Okay. Just now. Yeah. Then I can link to it in uh, the Desperate Mothers blog. That was kind of an abrupt transition. We went from Marvels to Scenery Delivery Systems. That was you. Yeah. And your special Coke. (laughs) (laughs) My Diet Coke. So, yeah, in order to get uh, it to look like Klaus is actually traveling through a larger set than we have, I'm going to build two turntables to spin scenery behind him so it looks like he's (laughs) running and, yeah. Uh-huh. That panting so, didn't sound like running. <laughs> no. That, that sounded like a two-person sport. Oh. <laughs> at, at the moment, what we really need is an SDS RT, or a scenery delivery, a scenery delivery system rotational technician. Um, we need somebody that's going to spin the turntables. Um, PAs. I, I prefer the uh, SDS RT, Scenery Delivery System Rotational Technician. Could be a SED, could be a, a, a scenery execution device. Yeah. Uh, market research has proven that people want the title technician or engineer in their job title. So. Um, it, it makes them more marketable if you can claim 
that they were a technician or an engineer of some sort. Oh, okay. So a mobile prop engineer technician? Engineer technician. A... Um, a visceral movement. Um, I know visceral sounds kind of sexy. Yeah, okay. Dirty. I don't know if it means sounds sexy. Dirty. Just kind of gritty in yeah. there. Like it makes me think about the veins on a penis. <laughs> <laughs> None Thank of, you for that visual. None of us can be Thank held you. responsible for you thinking of penises. Um, I think that is beyond the control of any of us. I don't know. It was just kept coming at me, officer. It was so, so visceral. There's something wrong with you, boy. Well, if you think this is bad, you should listen to uh, the last podcast tirade about... Um, <laughs> Hulk having sex with Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, about Black Widow needing to elasticize. I've, I've seen some of those movies. Just... <laughs> it's it's like it's like Dojinshu, <laughs> like the fan created uh, sex comics. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what Fifty Shades of Grey was? But it wasn't a comic book. It's mommy porn. It's fan fiction. Fan fiction that got picked up by. And then give everybody new names and uh, yeah, it was a de- it was originally I think uh, Bella and uh, the Sparkly Vampire. Mm-hmm. Vampires aren't sparkly. I'm sorry. Vampires. Well, burst into flames in the sun and uh, they kill people. If those flames are little tiny sparks of sparkly glitterness. Those aren't vampires. Okay, so if you chose not to go see the Fantastic Four and you decide that you're not going to um, revisit Fifty Shades of Grey um, I don't think that one was Marvel. What uh, What would you find yourself watching? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Jurassic World, I'm looking forward to. Um, Spectre's coming out. Yeah. And the Batman vs. Superman. Well, Batman vs. Superman is next year. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's 2016, so you might be waiting a while for that. I don't go to the movies all that often. So, so that that's all big screen stuff. But is there anything on the on Mad the small Max. screen? I can't wait for me oh, some yeah. Mad Max. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to Mad Max. And I, I mean, think- I know a lot of filmmakers are starting to rail against the standard Hollywood super budget action flick, and Mad Max looks like it's going to be right among them. Mad Max looks like Road Warrior done well with the budget. Yeah, which which people accused of uh, Thunderdome as having a budget, but you know you look at it back. Okay, we know it did, but you know hindsight and and everything, it wasn't a slick production at all. It looked like a cheapy production, and you know it wasn't because it had Tina Turner in it. Yeah, 
Yeah, but a good portion of their budget went to Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, I like the like my favorite Mad Max movie is Road Warrior, mm-hmm. and then the original Mad Max. Now, I when I saw Road Warrior in the movie theater, I did not know that Mad Max existed. It was not until after seeing Road Warrior well, that's, that I heard. Did you know that Road Warrior is a sequel? Well, I knew, but nobody else did. I mean, that's why I never called it Road Warrior. It that, was the Mad Max movie. Yeah. Not the movie Mad Max. It was the so, Mad Max movie everybody knew. The yeah. other 99.9% of America, I think like myself, found out about Mad Max as being, did you know that After Road Warrior was a sequel? Yeah. I remember seeing Road Warrior. I never. I didn't see it on in the theater. I saw it on TV. Okay. Because or I, I Mad Max. I saw that on TV because it came out before I was old enough to go to the movies without an adult. So when, well, a couple, when did Mad Max come out? A couple of friends of mine in high school, we were just a crazy movie I junkies. Think Mad Max was 80. And we would rent movies every Friday, Saturday, and then during the week when uh, we decided to ditch school or whatever, we would stop by the Blockbuster video and rent movies. And we would talk. We would we probably went through everything they had. And everything all the other video stores up here in, in this area had. And then we started, like, we started growing by saying, you know, we would talk to the clerks and say, what's the most fucked up movie <laughs> you have? And we saw, you know... Um, all, sp- all the cannibal movies, all the zombie grave. movies, yeah, all all of the revenge porn Hills movies. Eyes. Yeah, we watched all that shit. I mean, because we just went through everything. We were just looking for the most fucked up movies they had. We watched everything. Faces of Death so, 32. Mad Max, according to IMDb, was 1979. Yes. And Road Warrior was only three years later, or two years later, 1981. A mere two years separated the two. But from 79 to 81 was a pretty big transition for well, me plus personally. The first, the first movie, though, the first the Mad Max movie, it was a low-budget revenge flick. Yeah. Cars they, figured prominently in that movie. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have a real budget. And you know what? If you made it today... Mad Max would work. It is a badass movie. Yeah. You could make it today. Maybe after the bunny rabbit tragedies. Like plain old good old fashioned car revenge porn. But isn't that kind of what Fast and Furious is? Car porn? Hmm, but they have a lot of money. Yeah, they yeah. throw a lot of money into those. Yeah. You could probably do Mad. You probably do um, Mad Max for like fifty grand. I'd say three hundred. Yeah, three hundred grand. You could make that movie. Three hundred is it's about the magic number because you get like all the pros who you know behind the scenes to make sure that your car shots work and you're not wasting time. Yeah. Now, 
San Andreas is the one that I'm kind of like excited mm. about. Yeah. And by excited, I mean like really? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a WTF. <laughs> When it's, did we start doing the every, like 1970s yeah, disaster films? Everything again? that uh. was bad about the 70s disaster films distilled down into. Uh, I'm going to say that line again because I kicked the table. Everything that was bad about the 1970s disaster films distilled down into a rock hard nugget. Yeah. I don't know where you're going with that. Um, Dwayne Johnson. Did they have? Yeah. Did they have a a uh, a funny movie like called a disaster movie? Because I think they might have. If not, they should. Somebody should go out and make. Um, the, the the Wayne brothers need to put out uh, not another disaster movie. Right. Except, but well, then uh, it would be a bunch of black actors, a white face playing all the roles. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Well. <laughs> Because white, it's impossible to offend white people. <laughs> and if it's you not do, no, impossible. then if you do, nobody cares. It's not like they go shooting up your cartoon convention yeah. or something. <laughs> well, if you have black people making fun of white people, it's it's okay. Yes, they deserve it. Yeah, because there's probably something terrible for them in their background, like poor Ben Affleck, <laughs> <laughs> whose great 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 granddaddy owned a slave. See, I guess. I don't understand why everybody's making a deal about this. So he's not all that proud of his slave-owning family. The thing is, he admitted in emails that he would rather keep it from the public notice that his his ancestors owned slaves. Um, Dude, you live in America, and you've been here for a while... He, somebody in your family has owned slaves. Exactly. Or worked for somebody that should did. have yeah. just owned up to it. It's like, oh my God, look what I found out. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked by this, but my grandfather owned slaves. Instead, he's like, uh, can you leave that out of the final cut? Because I think that would impact negatively on my image. I don't think I would be That's, safe trying to feed children in war-torn... Um, Africa anymore if they knew that my distinguished white family had <laughs> slaves. Yeah. I think people should just mellow out and stop being whiny bitches. Almost nobody alive today has owned a slave. <laughs> no, there's lots of people who own slaves like today. in America. <clears throat> just not the regular, like, I would, yeah, I would argue that you know. Well, I did see everybody that works at Walmart and yeah, it's exactly where I was going. Yeah, I was going to say I I saw this little interesting fact short video about the average uh, CEO of fast food companies making twenty three million dollars a year, while the average fully full time employed fast food worker makes nineteen thousand dollars a year. $19,000. $19,000. Wow. Yeah, not quite breaking 20. Yet, um, just above the line of poverty officially. Yep. So, if you don't think slavery is alive in America, then... Yeah, and we don't even have to leave America and go to India or China where 
the workers are so effing depressed about what they're doing that they throw themselves off of buildings. They have to install suicide <laughs> nets outside the building. Suicide nets on the dormitories of the workers so that the workers cannot easily end their existence. They can't find a set of keys to cut their wrists? Uh, evidently, the, the bean counters... Right, see, I use that word again, bean counters. The well, bean counters at the company Well, it's China. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> In China, calculated that the most effective way of reducing employee suicide was to put uh, catch nets on each floor of the dormitories. So they have a lot of people throwing themselves off the, off the buildings. They're not... No, no, no. They used to. Before they installed the nets. Now they have to find some other way of killing yeah. themselves. Because, I mean, honestly, if I decide I'm going to take myself out, that net ain't going to stop me. Also, I am not going to do it with an, uh, a, a, a very uncomfortable splat. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, the, the actual jump itself, I have been... The sky- jump might be scary. No, I have been skydiving. I can tell you that the jump itself is incredibly euphoric. Yeah, for four stories, I don't think so. <laughs> it may be a brief euphoria. <laughs> Whap! <laughs> so at 32 feet per second per second, uh, you have to be at least on the fourth floor to get a second of euphoria. Um, and then that second of euphoria ends very abruptly in your lack of existence. Right. Not the way I'd want to go. Okay. Yeah. I, evidently. Evidently. I'm, Apparently it's a way a lot of people want to go. It's a way a lot of people want to go. A second of euphoria followed by rapid deceleration sickness. I mean, I just imagine. I've, I've hit my head. In accidents before, and it hurts. You know, I've gotten to watch several of those, and (laughs) (laughs) I find it very euphoric. (laughs) So, uh, I wouldn't want to go out that way, because I I don't know. I'm always kind of afraid that your final moments will be this incredibly long moment in slow motion in time. Yeah, so it's just like... Well, it looked like just a tenth of a second to everybody else, but you experienced it in relative terms of 20 years. So during the, the last moments of your existence, there's, uh, there's a time dilation which, uh, which allows you to experience those last few milliseconds in intense detail. That's a lot. Um, I think some people who study the the near death experience claim. Yeah. Near death. We should randomly shift to The Walking Dead. <laughs> because you haven't watched it. I I have not. Oh. There there are those that claim that this. This is, is the most schizophrenic podcast <laughs> we've done in a long time. We've done a lot of schizophrenic podcasts. I just got two 
brand new Walking Dead t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to find those. Yeah? Yes. And where did you find these? Wally World. Oh, okay. We're at Walmart. Speaking of Chinese workers. Speaking of Chinese workers. <laughs> the Chinese worker that made those t-shirts for you um, committed suicide on Monday. No, he wanted to commit suicide, <laughs> but, but the, the net, net stopped him. <laughs> the second t-shirt is just uh, <laughs> imbued with his tears. <laughs> He's nine, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And a political prisoner. (laughs) He got his bowl of rice. (laughs) And they've cut his rations in half. (laughs) If he's not going to be around long, they don't have to keep him tipped up. So, uh, my goal in in this narrative is just to see how good an editor you are. (laughs) To see if you can cut this into anything coherent nope <laughs> <laughs> this is going up here tonight straight <laughs> so I've got a. I got I don't know if I told you guys but I got email the picture of the proof for uh, the Klaus patch mm-hmm. did I show you that mm, very nice looks good I like it So the same kid that made your Walking Dead shirt stitched together that patch for me. Very cool. <laughs> was it before or after he tried to commit suicide? It was after. They wanted him to teach teach him a new skill. Uh-huh. So they, they set him on the embroidery machine. Did they give him a new bowl of rice? Well, no. He's got to master the skill first. I think he might have gotten it after this. Though. Yeah, bowls of rice are for winners. Yes. Yes, bowls of tears are for losers. Yes. At least he's getting something to drink. So this is about three and a quarter by three inches. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be... Pow. Just the right size for a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I get the show done, I'll get that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Exact. I want to know exactly where you're going to get that bunny tattooed. I don't want to see where he got that bunny tattoo. <laughs> Bunnies like carrots, don't they? <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that tattooed right on my carrot patch. <laughs> what do you call this? The carrot patch. There's only one. <laughs> it's my magic carrot. I feed it Miracle Grow. <laughs> And now there's the, proof. And now the train wreck starts its rapid derailment. <laughs> what word would you use to describe this carrot? Visceral. <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> and. Oh, I think I'm going to wrap this I, I, I think we have nowhere to go from there. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jason Rice. <laughs> and I am Jack Fisher. And hop on, Mother Bunnies. Mother Bunnies.